Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Good. Enjoying your summers? Yeah? Awesome. Well, hey. Uh, yeah, I believe that uh, God has some sweet things to say to us, so let's, let's just pray. God, thank you for who you are, and, uh, and uh, yeah, who you are, God. It's, it's really amazing. God, uh, as we just look at, at just one of your names this morning and, and something that you revealed to your people, God, may it, may it just really hit our hearts, and, and we just ask that your spirit would just, just move and speak to us. God, when it comes to understanding who you are, we need your help and we need your grace, so we ask for that, um, and, and may you just open our eyes to, to see you, God. Again, you're so beautiful and glorious and worthy and holy and awesome, and so God, open the eyes of your people this morning to, to see that, and may we just be caught up with that and, and uh, respond in worship and gratitude. Amen. So I'm, uh, yeah, continuing the uh, series, the summer series that we're in called I Am. I think it's a, a really, really, really powerful series. Maybe I'm biased, right? I work here and everything. But, but I think the reason it's powerful is we're looking at who God is. And that's a good thing to do. Amen? It's a, it's a good thing to, to look, hey, this, this is God. And uh, as, we're, as we're looking in the I Am's, it's... It's uh, the, the I am statements of Jesus that are, are found in John. These are not just, you know, just pass by statements. This is who Jesus is. This is, this is who he wants to be. And, and he wants you to experience this, this truth and the realities of these truths. And so um, it, it's going to be a, a fun morning because we're looking at I am the good shepherd this morning. And this truth is, is one that I'm just trying to be a steak and just marinate in, because it's very sweet. It's very amazing. And, um, and, and, and we see just Jesus, this is really just his passion. As he was on earth, it says in Matthew 9, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And so he's, he's advancing the kingdom of God and bringing that reign and then it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so it was Jesus' heart welled up with compassion because he saw the people as, as, as sheep who needed a, a shepherd. They needed the protection of a shepherd, the care of a shepherd, the leading of a shepherd. And it ended up you know, making him reach out, and, and it was something that at one point, too, it says he was tired, but he, he kept ministering to the people because he had love for them, and, and we're going to pick up in John 10 this morning. It's actually, uh, last week, uh, Pastor John covered I am the gate, and actually both of these I am statements are found in this little story here, uh, but Jesus, he ain't very happy in, in, this, in this passage, He's mad, and he's directing this towards the Pharisees, but also towards everyone listening as well. And the reason he's mad is, first of all, he just healed the blind man, and the Pharisees 
kicked, kicked this guy out um, and then hurled insults at him. And uh, the Pharisees are not, not impressed with Jesus, not, not, uh, not on board with uh, what he's doing. And, and Jesus is protective because he, these Pharisees are, are trying to be the gate to salvation. They're trying to be the shepherd to the people, but leading them into nowhere. And Jesus is here to proclaim, uh-uh, you ain't it. I'm the one. So uh, let's read here. Very truly, I tell you, whenever it says very truly, you know, he's wanting to get this point across. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gates but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. He's, he's telling the Pharisees, you're not leading these people to salvation if, if they're not going through me ultimately, right? The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls the sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees, clearly they weren't understanding. I don't know if they stood there like, uh, what? <laughs> So then Jesus again, he has to tell them again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. That's you guys, Pharisees. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and life to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock, it, it scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in the sheep pen. I might bring them, I must bring them in also. Jesus is talking about us, the, the Gentiles. If you're a Jew here, then, then not. But he's talking about the Gentiles to bring them in uh, as well. So that they will, uh, they will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This is a command I received from my Father. And so one of the things Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about the difference in, in, in a hired hand and a good shepherd. A hired hand, when, when trouble comes, when, when there's danger to the sheep, a hired hand is like, they're not paying me enough for this, right? I'm not, I'm not fighting a wolf. I'm just here to collect a paycheck here. I'm not here to fight a wolf, so see you later. This is not who God is. God is the good shepherd, and, and a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, right? And this is what a good shepherd would do when, when danger comes. A shepherd lays down his life because his sheep are not just livestock. His sheep are his own. He owns the sheep. 
He knows them by name, it says in this passage. It's, it's not just, ah, whatever, there, there goes a sheep. Oh, there goes another sheep. There goes another sheep. He loves. There's, there's love here. There's a sense of, of ownership. And so because of that, there's, there's protection that, that God is providing as the good shepherd. You know, before four months ago, do you know how many diapers I have changed? I had changed? I think it was zero. Maybe I'm a little bit ashamed to say that. I just didn't change a single. Sorry, Nick, I should have changed my nephew's diapers. I, I realize now it's like, it should, should have been more than zero. Um, but now, you know, four months have, has gone by of me being a father and I've changed thousands of diapers. Uh, maybe not thousands, it definitely feels like thousands of diapers. And that reason is because the... Eliana's mine. She's my responsibility. She, she, and, and, and I'm her caretaker. I'm looking after her. And so it's changed so many things, right? Before, before when uh, I, I had a baby that was crying in my hands, what I did was, was this. <laughs> Back to the parents, right? It's kind of fun, right? I, uh, you can take care of that now. Um, there's sometimes maybe where I, you know, I'm not heartless, so I tried to comfort, but it's like, ah, the parents will probably do a better job. So here you go. Um, but now when, when Eliana cries, I was trying to work this week from home a little bit and she was crying and Val was downstairs and I, I ran, I ran to her and I picked her up and I, and, and I took her in my arms because again, she's mine. I, I love her, I, I value her, she's entrusted to me. And, and so, and, and God, you know, it's really the same way as, as him being a good shepherd, he loves us. You're not a livestock. You're not just a number. He, he loves you, and it's love that, that brought Jesus to earth, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Um, and, and this is what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd has love and ownership of the sheep where the, the shepherd will lay down his life, right? We see it in, in David when, when, a bear and, uh, when a bear and a lion were attacking the sheep. David's like, no, not on my watch. You're not going to attack my flock. This is mine. Uh, I, I know the sheep and my sheep know me, right? And Jesus, I really think the beast that he slay, it, it, was, it was sin, right? Beast was this, or sin was this beast that was endangering the sheep and going to kill each and every one of the sheep. And so Jesus came to our rescue. He came to our, our, our cry out to him. We needed him, and, and he came to lay down his life. I love what it says in this passage, no one takes it from me, right? Everyone, everyone's seeing Jesus go to the cross, being taken, being whipped, be, carrying that cross. Everyone would have maybe physically seen, oh man, here's a man who's powerless, Right? Here's a man who, who got, you know, committed to death and, and, uh, and, and he died. But Jesus is making it clear, no. Every single part of me dying on the cross was voluntary. I had authority during the whole thing. I laid down my life. Nobody takes it from me. And so when we think about the cross story, just think every single moment, Jesus is choosing, yep, this is my path I want to take. Every single step towards the cross, Jesus is saying, yep, I'm laying down my life. Every single whip that he's taking on his back, he could have gotten out of that, but he said, nope, I'm laying down my life. 
when he's bearing the, the sin of the world and saying, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He was completely powerful. He, he, he had complete authority over his life, yet he said, no, I'm laying down my life for my sheep. And it says in Hebrews, it was the joy set before him that he endured the cross. I really believe that joy was bringing us home to him. Right? What, 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 this is what he needed to do. He needed to slay the beast of sin so that the sheep could be made safe, so the sheep could, could enter through the, the gate that was him, providing salvation. And this is why Jesus died on the cross. He, he loved us and he wanted to bring us home to him. In John 15, it says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so when we look at the cross, we can rest assured that God loves us. God loves you. I don't know if you ever struggle with that fact. Does he love me? Ah, but the cross says he he loves me. You know, I'm going to share a story that doesn't make me look very very secure, but uh, there was one time where I was sort of an insecure boyfriend, let's just say that, um, and uh, you know, I was dating Val, it was long distance, and, and there were just different points where I questioned, does, does she love me, right? And sometimes it can get a little bit borderline pathetic where it's, <laughs> where it's like, she didn't message back. Oh no, she probably met a, met a guy close here. Yeah, she doesn't love me anymore. It's been like, it's been eight hours. No text back. Okay, let's just start just throwing away all the things, all the memories we create together, deleting pictures. She doesn't love me. And then she messaged back, oh, she loves me. Yes, okay, that's good. I'm embellishing it maybe a little bit, right? But, but there were different times where I struggled with that question. Does she, does she love me? Does she love me? Today, we've been married for a number of years, I think seven. I really need to know that. Um, it's embarrassing. I don't really question that anymore. I don't question, does she, does she love me? It's like, no, she married me, right? I didn't pay her to do that. <laughs> she chose. She chose to stand up here and chose me and said, I will love you and I vow to love you forever. And so if there would ever be a moment where I'd question, does she love me? I would just kind of snicker and say, well, of course. She married me. She loves me. She chose me forever. And sometimes in our own lives as as Christians, I think sometimes we can feel, struggle with feeling, are we loved by God? And there could be different things that make us feel that way. And, and I'm not neglecting those feelings. I'm not saying just don't feel that way. But I, I want you to be secure in, in the love God has for you by just reflecting on the cross. He laid down his life. He loves me. He did this for the joy set before him to bring me home to him. Of course God loves me. So we can be secure in the shepherd's care, secure in the shepherd's love, because he proved it when he laid down his life for me. So Jesus, the good shepherd, he, he slays the beast of sin to make, make a way so that we could be brought into his flock. And, and this is an exciting thing. It says in John 10, I'm the gate. Whoever, whoever enters through me will be saved. When we think of that word saved, we think we are then just given that ticket to heaven. But it, it talks about this eternal security now and in the future, right? It's deeper, than, it's deeper than just I have my ticket. 
It's that, hey, no, I'm, I'm saved. And then it says they will come in and go out and find pasture, which is talking about we're in his flock. We're in his flock. When you're saved, you're part of the flock of God. One flock and one shepherd. You're under the shepherd's care. You're under the shepherd's watchful eye. Do you want to say that to your neighbor? You're under the shepherd's watchful eye. That truth is pretty awesome. That truth is pretty life-changing. I think, you know, it, it, it's cool because David in, in the Old Testament actually was the first one who said, I, I am is my shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and I'm going to paraphrase this, this chapter here. It, it will be up on the, the screen there. But I think when David realized this fact, he was taking care of his sheep. He was a good shepherd, right? Any beast that came, he was going to slay. He was going to make sure they were taken care of. They had food, all of that. And I think, I think there was an unbelievable joy and freedom when David realized that God was his shepherd. So I'm just going to paraphrase it here, Psalm 23, because I, I, I think sometimes we miss just the excitement and joy and, and peace that this, this psalm is written in. I, I, but I think David saw it like this, God's my shepherd. I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lack. He's going he's gonna to take care of me. He, he's going to lead me to pastures and quiet waters. He's not just going to restore me physically. Actually, my whole entire being is going to be restored. He's going to restore my soul. Like, he's going to guide me along the right path. I can trust him in that. I could even be in the valley of the shadow of death. I could be in like the worst place possible the scariest place possible, but there's my shepherd. I just look at him and his rod and his staff, and it's like, <laughs> I'm comforted. I'm okay. It's God. He's beside me. I could be in the presence of my enemies, and I'm just feasting at a table. <laughs> it's pretty wild, right? And David speaks from experience there. His enemy was Saul. It's not a good thing when, you're, when your enemy is a king and has an army at his command. That's, that's bad. You want your enemies to be in low places, right? David's enemies were in high places, yet he's saying, I'm just feasting in front of my enemies. As I'm running, I'm feasting because my shepherds, I'm in my shepherd's care, right? You anoint my head with oil. I've got abundance. And surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David's like, this, is, this isn't just now. It's, it's following me. I'm forever in his flock. I'm forever in his care. I'm, I'm forever in his love. His goodness is around me all the time. And this is going to be forevermore only increasing from here. I think when, when David realized who his shepherd was and how he was in good hands, it completely changed his life. He came to this place of peace and comfort that, that, that nothing can bring, right? Sometimes we go to comfort food, and it's like, maybe this ice cream will comfort me. It works maybe a little bit. Ice cream's really good. But in the end, it doesn't. You need something more. You need someone that can hold you eternally, right? And this is our God. Look what it says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life. Not in just this life, but the life to come. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. Right now, you're in the hand of Jesus. And you're in the hand of the Father. Is that a good place to be? (laughs) That's a pretty good place to be. I don't know if you've ever played those games. It was usually like your parents or your uncle who have like a candy. Like, hey, come and take it. And you try to pry it away from them. And sometimes they just give it to you, right? But no one can pry you away from God. He's got you. Eternally, he's got you. And and I, I really think... The the Bible over and over and over again, I I mentioned this in another sermon, but over and over and over again, the most frequent command of the Bible is do not be afraid, for I'm with you. God, God is saying this because we've got a shepherd. We've got the good shepherd. I am is the good shepherd, and and you're his sheep. So you don't have there's no need to worry. And I love that Jesus just says it flat out: don't worry, right? Do not worry. It's a bold thing to say, right? If someone said that to me, I'd be like, what are, you, what are you trying to say? Don't worry. Don't you recognize what I'm going through, right? But Jesus, I think he is the one that has the authority to say that. Obviously, he does. He is God. And he said, don't worry. Look at the birds. They're good, but they're not very valuable to me. There they are, but not, not anything compared to you. Look at, look, at the, look, at the, look at the flowers. They're clothed, but yet they're going to be destroyed. I, but you, you're my flock. You're my sheep. Love that he says, who by worrying could add a single hour to his life, right? I don't think we'll ever go through life and say, I'm so glad. You know how I got here? I worried. Oh, man, I carried these burdens, and they wore me down. And it's, it's, I contribute that to my success. Or I don't think anyone arrives at the end of their life, if only I would have worried more. <laughs> right? You've never heard that. That's something that I don't think anyone has ever said. If, if anyone has ever said that, they need prayer. <laughs> they really need prayer. Right? But we live in worry. We live in fear. And I think sometimes it's, it's because we have to realize who God is, he's the good shepherd, right? I remember when I was a kid, my, my parents would have these secretive meetings at night. They, they didn't know I was listening, but they were, they were talking about their finances and, and things were just a little tight so that they were just talking it over. And uh, of course, you know, somehow I guess had a super sense. I'm like, they're, they're talking about this. So I, I listened and I just remember worrying. Oh, who's gonna pay the bills? Ah, right? I'm I'm carrying all of this. And and I realized afterward, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have carried that. Because I had good parents, right? And they they were my providers. They were going to care for me. Sure, maybe things, maybe weren't going to go to McDonald's as much, or or, uh, maybe things were going to get tight or hard, whatever, but they weren't going to say one day, hey, Brenton, it's been a privilege to raise you, but right from here, like, we can't quite afford you anymore, (laughs) so you're on your own, buddy. Good luck. They weren't going to do that, 
I was in their care. I, I was in their love. I was under their watchful eye. So I, I didn't need to carry these worries because of who my parents were. And it's the same thing with us. There's so many worries we're carrying because we're trying to carry things that God has in his hands, right? And I think there's, there's peace and, and just incredible security when we know our shepherd and we know that we're his sheep. Look what it says in Psalms 100 verse 3. This, this psalm, whenever I'm, whenever I'm in, in that place of worry and stress, I, I love to just to go to this verse. It says this, know that the Lord, he is God. <laughs> kind of a cool statement, right? Do you know the Lord is God? Yo, the, say, say that to your neighbor. You, the Lord is God. Sounds just like an obvious statement, but do you know? Do you know that? Do you know the Lord is God? Do you know that he's, he's got things in his hands? Do you know that he's in control? He's God. You're not God. He's God. And it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Isn't that life-changing? The Lord is God. We're his. His valuable sheep, and we're in his pasture, in his provision, uh, under, under his care. You know, sheep, uh, sheep are not the most impressive animals, right? They're very vulnerable. They, like if some, something attacks a sheep, it's... Like they don't, I don't think they have teeth on the one side of their mouth, so it's like, ah, they gnaw them. It's not going to work, right? They fall over. They can't get up sometimes. They're, they're scared of running water. That's why we call it, if you're sheepish, you're afraid, right? They're not the brightest. I'm not saying this about you. <laughs> but that gives me comfort. It gives me comfort that, that sheep aren't these impressive animals, but they... But what they do is they know how to trust their shepherd. They know who their shepherd is. They trust in their shepherd. They stick close to their shepherd. And this is what they're good at. And if as, as, a, as a human, if I could just good at knowing I've got a good and awesome shepherd who's the king of the world, and I'm just a sheep, it simplifies so many things. I think so many worries and burdens that I'm carrying just kind of fade off because I just have to stick close to him, right? I could be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I just have to remember he's there and stick close to him. This last week, I was, I was talking to a, a young lady, 16 years of age, and I was, just, I was, I was so inspired. I think she came to like, we, we, we were there meeting with a few people, and, uh, and she came for advice, but like, you know, when you're just far more blessed, you feel far more blessed than anything you said. I was so blessed. She was just talking about everything she had been through. And um, the other day, too, that she, she just felt, uh, you know, she, had a, she had a dream that she felt was just demonic and, and hard. And she woke up in this place and, and, and again, felt the, the enemy attacking her. And, and it was so beautiful because she just said, I just ran to God. I just ran to God. And, and she didn't say this with fear in her eyes, but she said, that's what I did. I ran to God just confidently. And I think it's so beautiful because again, yeah, we could be in the valley of the shadow of death. We can be in these hard scenarios. Can we just run to God? 
If we can do that, if we can stick close to him, man, that's, that's the answer, right? And so I loved it because it, she wasn't telling this full of fear. She was telling it with the assurance of who God is, that she had a great big God who was close. And this is what God wants to do. He wants you to run to him. In, 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 uh, in Ma- Matthew, I'm going to do this verse out of order here. Matthew 23 This is what Jesus says. It's this tragic passage. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who murders the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children around me as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. This is what our God wants to do. When we go through hardship, when when, when we're succumbed to worry, when, when, when the enemy attacks, whatever scenario it is, he, he has his arms out, just say, come under my arms, sheep. Look what it says in Isaiah 40. It pretty much says a similar thing. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. Talks about provision. He will carry the lambs in his arm, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. A shepherd would, would do this when a, when a lamb was vulnerable, when a, when a lamb was, you know, in pain. A shepherd would pick up the lamb and actually put the lamb inside of his cloak and walk around with that lamb. This is what our God does. When we're vulnerable, when we're scared, when we're sheepish, he says, let's come close, come close to me. Right? Just like when I heard Eliana crying and I just needed to pick her up. This is what our God wants to do to us. He wants to invite us to come close. And we are invited to, to know our shepherd. Amen? We're invited to know him intimately. You're not livestock to God. You're not a number to God. He knows you by name. He loves you. And he's inviting you into this intimate relationship with him. It says in John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. You see the closeness there? Like the relationship that Jesus has with the father, this is a similar relationship that we can have with our shepherd. That's close. And this word know, too, is the Greek word gnosko. It can be used, um, and it was used as, as a word for intimacy. Adam knew Eve. Joseph never knew Mary. It's a word talking about closeness and, and, and intimacy. And this is the relationship that the shepherd wants to have with us. He's inviting us to be close to him, to receive his care, to receive his provision, his comfort, and if we as sheep, I don't think we have to be smart enough or impressive enough or strong enough. If we as sheep can just run to our shepherd, I think we're doing a good job. This is the job that we have, right? And the responsibility that we have. It, it says, um, his sheep follow him. They will never follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. So our job as sheep is to realize that we have an awesome and good shepherd. And and I think when we know that, we're just going to be brought into just a blissful place of, wow, I'm I'm taken care of. But also as sheep, it's, it's to know there are different voices that call our name, right? There's the voice of peer pressure. 
There's the voice of culture. There's our own sinful nature that are calling us in a, in a different direction. But, but our, our calling is to listen and respond and follow the voice of our shepherd. We're going to play a little bit of a video about that right now. <laughs> One more time. That's what Jesus says his sheep are like, right? I love when the other people try to call the sheep and they just couldn't even be bothered. They're just, they're just like, I'm just going to eat. Who's this person? What are they trying to do, right? As soon as the shepherd calls, you just see the heads pop up one by one and, and the sheep coming. And this is our job as sheep. It, it, it's, to, it's to follow the voice of our shepherd. Again, like I said, there's different people that are calling us in, in different directions, but can we as, as sheep just listen to our shepherd's voice and stick close to him? I mean, we have a good shepherd, amen? He's going to lead us to pasture. He's going to lead us by quiet waters. He's going to restore our soul. So as sheep, what we need to just do is, is follow him and, and trust him. And when we do that, we're, we're, we're under his watchful care, and he's going to take care of us. And, and when we're like that, that lamb that needed help, he's going to bring us close to his heart. He's going to love us and nourish us. Again, he's going to see us. His eye, his watchful eye is on you because he loves you. This is why he died on the cross. So you could be one of his brought into his flock. It was his good pleasure to adopt you as his children. That's what it says in Ephesians. It was his good pleasure. Did you, do you know that? It was his good pleasure to bring you home. It's his good pleasure to take care of you. He loves you so much. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.